to the church every, every Sunday, and he sets up the coffee and this and that. And, and I just want to thank everybody that does all that you guys do um, around here. You know, you, you show up here and you're waiting for worship, but, man, the worship team, they, they've been practicing. They've done some things to prepare. Some people get here early. They turn on the lights and they turn on the heat. It may not feel like it today, but the heat was turned on. Um, but what happened is somebody turned it all the way off. So we usually keep it around 50, 55, so it doesn't take that much to bring it up. So that's the problem this morning. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, you know, got lots of calls. Notice some empty seats today. We got some people that are, that are battling this illness. Keep battling it. We are healed. We were healed. We're going to be healed. Um, do, don't get in fear about the name coronavirus. It's a name. Jesus is above that name. Don't get in fear. Hey, you know, be smart. But don't get in fear. Yeah, it's, no, curse that. Um, I will tell you, I will be gone over the next month. I'll be gone a couple of different Sundays. Um, and I'm going to be flying south. I'm not afraid of corona. You know? So, um, again, I'm not saying be silly. Use, use wisdom that God gave us. But let's not walk in fear. We're not going to walk in fear. We're going we're to stand in faith. Um, that's really not what I'm preaching about today. But I just want to thank people because, you know, the lights get turned on, the heat gets turned on, coffee gets made, things get done. That doesn't just appear. You don't walk in and say, oh, coffee's done. Somebody did that. And I want to thank all of you. I mean, you know, the communion gets done, it gets set out, the offering gets taken up, and we will be taking the offering at the end again. And we're trying to get a different flow of the service, so... Um, Bear with us. We're working on some different things, tweaking things. We're always going to be tweaking things, try to make things better. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of things, and I just want to thank you because without you, church isn't the church. You know, I'm going to tell you something. The church is not the pastor that stands at the front of the building. He's not. This is the church. You're the church. You're the ones that really make it go. You just bless me by, by coming and showing up and listening. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Isn't it, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it nice to have a, a, a body of believers that believe, will believe for you? Not say, oh my God, you're going to die. No, you're not going to die. You're going to live. You're going to be healed. You're going to be whole. So praise God, man. Thank you all for all that you do. Yeah, for showing up at the hospital, for saying the prayers. I mean, some of now, now George is not with us this morning, but Carol and I know many other, others. You know, we put out prayer requests all the time. Do you just think that prayers get answered by accident? Somebody's praying. Somebody's putting in that work, you know. Um, and I'll tell you what, me being your pastor, our prayer warriors, that's a full-time job, <laughs> you know. So continue to do that. Now, I want to start where I kind of left off, and I want to finish this, this, this up a little bit today. Um, and again, let me get back to the very beginning for some of you that haven't been here. Um, just remember, The title of the message, Renew Your Mind, Capturing Your Thoughts. And we talked about renewing our mind. We talked about being conformed. But I want to start with Romans 12 and chap in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we talked about what conformed was. We talked about what being transformed was. We've got to renew our minds. And we've got to understand that renewing our minds means we need to renew our minds to the things of what the God, of Word of God says. Because we live right now in a society and we live in a world that has a certain way that they think and they want you to conform to that way of thinking. And I'm going to give you a great example about conforming right now. You, people want to conform to what people say they should be, what they think they should be, or what they think they should do. Sometimes we try to conform to our own thoughts. Today I'm going to talk about taking thoughts captive, and when you realize that you could take these thought captives and you don't have to conform to the world, but conform to the world of, word of God, that you become more than conquerors. Because that's who you really are. That's who you are. It's not what you're going to be. It's not what you've got to hope to be. It's what you are. We just don't realize it because the enemy lies to us. Now, we are so confused about who we are in the world today. I'm going to start with men, but men, I'm not going to just stay with our women, but I'm going to start with the women, but I'm not going to leave the men out. I'll give you an example. We are so confused. Men, I'll start with the men. We are so confused about what a man of God even is today. We're confused about what a man is. All right? Because remember now, in the 50s, it was Ozzie and Harriet Nelson. Some of them, I'm dating myself. Some of you remember Ozzie and Harriet. Leave it to Beaver parents. You know? It was all, you know. Then you move up. In, in the 70s, men, we're all disco men. You know, you got to have your shirt down to here. In the 80s, you got to be a macho, macho, macho man. In the 90s, you're supposed to be sensitive. In 2000, we don't even know what we're supposed to be. Do you know that society and, and the world wants you to conform to what they think you should be? But do you know the one thing that stays consistent throughout generation and all history is the Word of God? Amen. The Word of God has never ever said other than what a man is supposed to be. Supposed to love his wife and be the head of his family. That's never changed. It's not going to change from one decade to the next decade. He's not going to change from one millennium to the other millennium. The Word of God says, Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. And guess who's accountable if you don't? You are. Now, society is, right now, society is wrecking our young people. Wrecking our young people. Why? Because it says you've got to conform to a certain image or a certain way or a certain way of being. All right. Again, 1950s. Let's talk about body image. That is a huge one right now. You talk to any young person, body image is huge. Kids are committing suicide over it. Okay? 1950s, you know what the body image was? Marilyn Monroe. The 1960s. Again, some of you may not know who this is. There was a model named Twiggy. She didn't look anything like Marilyn Monroe. By today's standards, Marilyn Monroe is a heifer. I'm telling you the truth. 1960s, it was Twiggy, and she was called that for a reason. She was that big around. In the 1970s, it was Charlie's Angels. That was the look. In the 1980s, you had to be an aerobics queen. In the 90s, in the 2000s, what is it today? And all along, people are trying to conform to what the world says they should be instead of what the Word of God says you are. 
The Word of God says you're beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So when the enemy or society or your classmate or somebody else tells you that you're nothing, the Word of God says, wrong old buckwheat. You are something. Now, that's probably incorrect. That's probably a politically incorrect statement to say buckwheat today. Oh, well. There's nothing politically correct about me. I'm not interested. I don't care about being politically correct. I care about being biblically correct. Thank you very much. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that if you have received Christ, you are righteous in Him. It says that you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. That you're the lily, you're the apple of His very eye. Woo! That's pretty good stuff. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, doesn't that make you something? You're not a doormat. That's right. I'm a king's kid. Now, you can walk in a mall. Now, again, I'm dating myself because when I was in high school, I was in North Carolina for a couple years, and I lived down there with my dad, and they had a mall. They don't have a mall around here, but you go to the mall. That's where, everybody, I mean, that's where everything happened was the mall, man. If you didn't go to the mall, you weren't cool. You had to go to the video. You went to the video arcade, and you played videos, and what you did, you walked around the mall for hours. You didn't buy anything because you didn't have any money. You just had quarters for the machine, right? You walked around for hours because that was what you did. You could sit in a mall on a, on a bench. A hundred people walk by you. Fifty people don't like you. Fifty people like you. They don't know you. They've never seen you before. They haven't talked to you. They take one look at you in 30 seconds or 10 seconds. They walk by you. I don't like them. And you are basing on how you act in your life based on that? On what people think? I'm telling you what, you're going to be a, a basket case if you... If you live your life based on what people think of you, you're in trouble. If that was the case, I would not be pastoring. Because, you know, you guys are here, and hopefully you all love me. You visitors, you, you'll, I'll grow on you. <laughs> There's people out there that may not like me. And so what do I do? If they don't like me, do I, I better not say anything. I better not come up here and make any waves. I better just quit preaching because somebody doesn't like what I said one time or they don't like what I'm preaching. I can't worry about that. Does it bother me? Yeah, because everybody likes to be liked. But that cannot, I cannot conform to that because pretty soon then you start conforming to what the world thinks you should be doing instead of what the Word of God says you should be doing. So, when these thoughts come, the Bible says take them captive. And when it means take them captive, that means surround it as in a, like in a stockade and shoving it away from you so far that it can't even be seen anymore. When these thoughts come that I am a nothing, and that's what the, right now the enemy is using stress, uh, discouragement, um, what's the other one? Depression, oppression, all these things against people today. And what we do is we're buying into the lie. And what we start doing is we start confessing the lie. And then we start believing the lie, because if you believe the lie, you confess the lie, pretty soon you're going to walk the lie out. Well, I'll give you an example. Maybe some of you had this situation. You were called stupid your whole life. Pretty soon, you believe it. Then pretty, and it just, I used to just, when, when I was teaching school, I was a school teacher forever. 
I used to, I, it made me angry. When a kid would come in, and we'd be taking a test or a quiz, and I'm going to fail this. I am so stupid. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you you were stupid? So what happens, they believe it, and then pretty soon they start confessing it out of their own mouth, and then pretty soon they're walking it out. I can't amount to anything because I'm stupid. It's not what the Bible says. You're perfectly and wonderfully and fearfully made. You are. That's what you are. What the Bible says you are. And, and I'm going to help. We don't have a lot of young people. But we've got enough young people in here. I'm going to give you one of the things that can help you out. You want to be delivered of some of that stuff? Okay, get ready. I'm going to send shockwaves through the eastern upper peninsula. Get off social media. I'm not on social media much, but what I see, then good. I don't see anybody Snapchatting. You are the most wonderfully God-fearing person I've ever seen. You are the righteousness of Christ. God, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is not what I'm seeing. That is not what I'm seeing. That's not what's out there. It's the exact opposite. Listen, I've got a 17-year-old daughter. I know all about it. I know what she deals with. When she's on that and people send stuff and friends send this and, and simple, you know, a bunch of friends are getting together and they get a whole Snapchat of them all together, but she wasn't invited. Tell me that that's godly. Now, don't boo-hoo and pity my daughter. She's a born-again, righteous young woman, and she's passed all that, and she's overcoming, and she's conquered. And my God in heaven, she's what, God's, what, what God has brought her through and the deliverance that she's had in her life. Don't feel sorry for her. Feel sorry for the enemy. Because he's, he's, she is crushing his head. And remember, I told you last week, anybody that's following the world and the enemy is following someone that has brain damage. Because Christ crushed his heel, or crushed his head with his heel. That's what the Bible says. So if you want to follow somebody with brain damage, go ahead. Not me. So once we realize that by renewing our minds to what the Word of God says about us, and listen, every single time the enemy comes, I'm going to suggest something to some of you. If you don't know your Bible well enough to find the Scripture verses, buy a topical Bible. It's called a topical Bible. If you're dealing with stress, you go to the topic. It's on the Bible it says stress. It gives you a list of a whole bunch of scripture verses on stress, anxiety, fear, you name it, depression. And start confessing those over your life. Start praying those. Start reading those. Start believing those. That is how you take thoughts captive. To the obedience of the word of God. When the enemy says this, the word of God says this. Who are you going to believe? My question is this. I'm hitting a whole bunch of golden calves today, but that's okay. There's not a lot of people here, so I can get away with it. <clears throat> that's exactly right. Now, I want to ask you a question. Don't answer this, but I want you to think about this. What mountain in your life is God not big enough to take down? Don't answer me. Here's the second part of the question. Or, what mountain in your life are you not allowing the Lord to take out of your life? Well, I've been, I've been working on this for years. Guess what? 
There's some things in my life when I got born again, I was delivered bank. There's some things I'm still working on. Used to be a mountain, now it's a hill. Why? Because I'm chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Guess what? I still win. I'm still winning this fight. But some people want to use, and, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm really trying to be nice today. But people use it as an excuse not to change the way they're living because of this thing that's in their life. Is God big enough or is he not big enough? You have to decide that. But I know that he is big enough. God is big enough. The word of God says so. He says, say to this mountain, be cast out into the sea. Okay, well then we, we believe that. We confess that. All right? So we're more than conquerors. So now we've established that. Romans 8 in verse 37 and verse 38 says this. Yet in all these things, in all these things that go on, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For, this is Paul speaking, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, that word conquer, to conquer means to be victorious over an adversary. So I'm thinking, what does more than a conqueror mean? It means not only to achieve a victory, but overwhelmingly victorious, okay? Got a couple of hockey players here. Do you both play for the... Um, for the Yes, that's, that, I was trying to say hawks. I don't know what, it was a bird. <laughs> Do you both play for the Eagles? Okay, now, I mean, when it says more than a conqueror, that's like 10 to zip. Not only did you defeat them, they didn't have a chance. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror over all these things the enemy. He doesn't have a chance. Quit making him bigger than what he is. Quit giving him credit where credit is not due. Allow the Holy Spirit. Remember we said that the enemy, is, he's, he's wise, and he's got a very, he's very tactical, and he's got a, a very, um, he, he's very smart in the way he attacks individuals. The way he attacks you may be different than he attacks me or you. Or, but you know what? The Holy Spirit gives us a, a plan to defeat his plan. Every time. Now, here's the problem. People don't want to be patient. They want to pray a prayer and it's done right now. Sometimes we've got to walk through some things. But that doesn't mean the Lord's not with you. That doesn't mean the Lord's not going to strengthen you. That doesn't mean the Lord's not going to help you. That doesn't mean you can't have peace in the middle of it. I'm going to walk through this thing in the joy and the strength and the peace of the Lord. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that means. See, we know the opposition put up a fight, but there was no match. No match. So your first playoff game, if it's 10 to nothing, you can say, yep, I was in church. So maybe next time the whole team will show up. Just saying, you know, why not? Know that he loves you and the Holy Spirit is in you. That's where you can start with your victory walk, right there. Just know that those two things is enough. See, we give the devil credit and we don't make Jesus big enough. Or the Holy Spirit, if you, if you want to 
When I say Jesus, I mean Holy Spirit. It's synonymous. Jesus or the Holy Spirit needs to become bigger in our lives than anything else. When we face things and we say we well, can't be done, is, the Holy, is that the Holy Spirit speaking? Or is that you speaking? Is that the enemy speaking? Who is speaking? It's not the Holy Spirit. It's us. There's nothing that we can't endure. There's nothing that can keep us from peace and joy. You see, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's who we are in Christ. See, Paul encourages us to stand firm on our faith when those attacks come, reminding us not only will we win in the end, but we're enabled to win right now. If we're his children through faith in his son, then we have his pledge of love and protection in our lives. And I want you to get the right picture of Jesus. The Lord is not a God that I'm born again, this you a string over hell saying, go ahead, make a mistake, make my day, snip, that's it. No, he loves you. He's not going to leave, he's not going to forsake you. When you make a mistake, just turn to him and he'll say, he'll brush you off and say, all right, well, let's not do that again. And move on. You know, quit getting hung up on that. See, we beat ourselves up with the enemy's help. It's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts. When conviction comes, you just say, hey, forgive me, help me. And boom, it's done. See, condemnation, the enemy does that. And he gets you beating yourself up to where you feel like, I'm worthless, I'm no good, God can't use me. If that was the case, none of us would be here. If that was the case, I certainly wouldn't be standing before you today. See, do you know that nothing that we face, and, and, under, and hear when I say this, how I say this, nothing we face is a concern to the Lord. I mean, he's concerned about it. Understand the context of the word concern. It's nothing that's worrying him. He's not worried about what we're facing. He's not. You've already won. So just confess that you've won, walk like you've won, act like you've won, talk like you've won, and watch it pretty soon. <laughs> You'll be winning. I'm going to use my hockey players again. I, you know, I'm sorry picking on the visitors. But this is such a great example. It's such a great example. How many teammates do you want to go on the ice with? You're getting ready to go into the playoffs that are saying, man, we don't have a chance. They are just going to beat our brains out. They're just going to kill us, man. Please. Look, when I, when I was coaching, that was not allowed. If you thought it, don't say it out loud around me. I don't care what the odds were. We're going in there swinging because we're going in to win. That's the mentality. When I go to the world championships and triathlon in Bermuda next year, I'm going with every intentions of winning. Will I win? I don't know. But I'm planning on going to win. And if I don't win, okie dokie. But I was there and I'm not going to say, well, then why go? Why step on the ice? Do you know? <laughs> the U.S. beat the Russians once. 
That wasn't supposed to happen. Two weeks before that, they got smoked. But it happened. And it wasn't because, and, and, and I've watched the movie a dozen times, I can quote it. The coach wasn't in there saying, well, boys, I don't know. They're the best in the world. They're big and bad and strong and ugly. And they're from a communist nation. I don't know if we can win, but we're going to go out there and we're going to try. No. He says, tonight, tonight, we are the greatest hockey team on the war in the world. Today. You are the greatest thing walking on this planet because of who is in you. See, we have a Christ that supports and enables the believer to face adversity and to conquer it. Listen, we are not this, I'm a Christian, and I'm going to face it like a man. Hoping and praying that we can get through. Listen, I am not going to live this life. I'm just hanging on till Jesus comes. Come, Lord Jesus, because I'm barely hanging on. Please, is, I don't want to live that way. I mean, getting out of bed every day saying, I think I can make it one more day, maybe Jesus. Boy, I, help me, Jesus. Help me, help me. I knew this old, this old gal in the southern church, man. That was her thing. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. And Jesus would help her. Because she wouldn't quit till he did. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to be one of those just hanging on, barely making it. Oh, I make, I'm dragging the finish line. Oh, Jesus. Can I barely make it? No, I'm going to walk in strength. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to walk in joy. I don't care what's going on. Now, listen, I'm not saying this is easy. We are in a fight. I get it. You wake up, things happen. Controversy comes. Adversity comes. Persecution comes. Things happen. I mean, somebody steals your truck. You get a flat tire. The furnace isn't turned on and we're a little bit cold. Bad stuff happens. But guess what? Here's what you can do. You can conform to that and say, oh, here we go again. It's just the way my life is. I can't catch a break. You've already got a break. Jesus is in you. Yeah. Instead, confess, you know what? Yeah, okay, I see what, but God's going to make it okay, and I'm going to have joy and peace right in the middle of it. It doesn't matter. Isn't that a whole lot better than walking around beat up all the time? I mean, it really is. Listen, I know. Some of you face hard things. Quit living on yesterday's words. All right? No matter whether it's good or bad, yesterday's gone. You got today. Today is enough. Today is enough for today. And God's given you enough faith for today. But too many people are thinking about, they, they label themselves based on what they were said, was said to them in the past. This is what was said to me in the past, this is what I was in the past, and this is what I am today. Let me tell you something. This guy standing before you, some, probably none of you knew me growing up. Some of you, I don't think anybody here. Cedarville, there's a whole bunch of people that knew me, and they're amazed. <laughs> but I am not that person anymore. Because when I got born again, the old man went away. 
Behold, all things became new. And so I'm a new creation. I've got the same goofy personality. I've got the same big mouth. That hasn't changed. But the way I, my mind has been renewed to the Word of God and what the Bible says about me. Do I still have doubts? Yes, but I have, to, I have to combat those with the Word of God. Because let me tell you, there's days where I get up and I think, what are you doing pastoring? Two churches. One church, let alone two churches. You're not this, you're not this, you're not this. You've caused this. You probably made a mistake here. This one's offended with you because you did that. That one's not offended with you because you did that. Well, you did this and that one got offended, so you did that and that one got offended, so you can't please anybody, so just quit. I've got to go to the Word of God and say, no. I've been called, I've been anointed, I've been chosen, I've been appointed, and I'm going to stand here and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And if I have bad days, I'm still going to go to the Word of God and say, it doesn't matter what people say about me, I know what the Lord says about me, and this is who I am in Christ. And if nothing else, my wife will love me because she has to, I've got papers. <laughs> so if nobody else does, she's stuck. Amen. See, we are victors who have found from experience that God is ever present in our trials. We know the power of Holy Spirit will empower us to overcome all obstacles. I want to, I'm going to close. Will I close? Almost close. I'm, I'm, see the airport. I'll put it that way. Landing gear's not down yet. In Proverbs 3, in verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of is acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. You don't have to figure it out. You've got to trust Him. See, we allow too many times our minds to dictate the outcome of an event. Because we go about saying, here's the problem, this is how I think I need to solve it, and we go about trying to solve it. Instead of saying, here's the problem, Lord, help me to, to do this. Show me, and let him lead you and guide you. And he will in overcoming that problem. You see, too many times we think carnally, and I'm not talking about evilly, but we think, we think naturally. And we conform to what, this is the way the world would figure it out. Well, let me tell you, do you remember I told you last week when, what if, what if, what if we were in the military? All of us here were in the military. And just across the street was the enemy. We were all in our armory and we were getting ready to go to battle. And I said, stop, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jamie, get your wife, get the worship team. I want you guys to go out there in front and I want you to sing your guitars and stuff at the enemy. They got bows and arrows and knives and swords and guns and weapons and all this. You just sing. We're going to be back here behind you. We're behind you, man. You go, buddy. You sing. And guess what? But that is exactly what happened. He put the worship team out in front of the armies, and not one Israelite was lost, and the enemy was scattered because they obeyed God. Now, their natural mind would have said, put the strongest soldiers in front. Sometimes we need to hear from God. Sometimes we need to be patient. See, we allow our minds. We rely on our own understanding. We try to figure things out we pre and predetermine what God can and can't do. 
See, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord, and His divine power. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge of Him, through knowing Him, through our relationship with Him, through Him being in our lives, from, from us being born again, He has given us all things. And, and listen, and you've, you've heard this saying a hundred thousand times, Greek, Hebrew, Latin, all means all. So that means He's given you everything you need for this life, to have this life and to have it more abundantly. He's already given it to you. So what are you begging Him for? He's already given it to you. I have the victory. I don't have to get the victory. I have the victory. I've just got to walk in the victory. Sometimes that's a challenge for us. (laughs) It really is. I mean, that would be, it's like this. Hockey, all right? You're going to the playoff game. You're going to, you've already won five to nothing. Nope, I can't. I I, I'm not going on the ice. You've already won the game, but I'm not taking the ice because I'm not sure we're going to win. You've already won. All you got to do is step on the ice, play the game. All we've got to do is walk this thing out. That's all we got to do. But see, what happens in our mind, we refuse to even go there. We're just not going to, no, I can't. Oh, I can't. What? You can't or the Holy Spirit can't? The only one holding him back is us. Through our relationship with him, he's given us all that we need to have life and be godly. Not on our own. We're already righteous. Through him. And if you're already righteous through him and you know you're righteous in him, you're going to walk righteous in him. You have to quit worrying about what I, I might do something wrong. If you, know, if you do something wrong, he'll let you know. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and over, have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. So tell me why it is, again, we're conforming to the world. I, I, I'm just asking. Don't throw, the, don't throw the rocks at the messenger. I mean, how many people have, how many people have snatched the newspaper boy off their porch because the news was bad? Nobody's beat up the newspaper guy because he tossed the news and it wasn't good. So don't throw rocks at me. Just delivering the news. The Holy Spirit is in you. This makes us more than conquerors because the Holy Spirit is in you. And again, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard time getting my head wrapped around this. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me. It's awesome. And it'll quicken your mortal body. Yeah, that's me. You might be a little bit more spry in your step. Woohoo! <laughs> See, you get it all here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> See, that makes us more than conquerors. But this whole renewing the mind thing, you've got to renew your mind to believe that. And you're not going to, your mind is not going to be able to convince you of that. This word of God can. 
Because the Word of God will, will renew, it says, your mind. And you won't be conforming to the things of the world if your mind is renewed. Because my mind has been renewed. Things before I got born again I thought were okay, my mind has been renewed. They're not okay. I had a conversation, and I am closing with this. The landing gear's down, and we're on our final approach. <clears throat> I, was, I, was, I was working out. I was, I was doing one of my, I was working out at, at this facility, and there's an elderly lady who came in, and she was trying to get on an elliptical, and she couldn't get it started, you know. And, of course, I'm on a treadmill beside her, and I'm doing my workout, and it's, it wasn't an easy one. I was hard. So I was, you know, I'm huffing and puffing, and, and she's struggling. So I, I get off, and I help her, you know, and I get back on, and I'm, and she wants to talk. And I don't know, have you ever been somewhere where you're working out and somebody just wants to chat and you're just like, hey, just shut up, I'm trying to get my work on. <laughs> well, then she, she, starts, she starts getting all, she starts starting to talk politics. And, you know, I, and I'm not, and listen, I'm not talking about politics, Democrats. She's talking about politics and what she thinks about this and what she thinks about this. And I don't care about Republican, Democrat. I, could, I care about right and wrong according to the word of God. So she's yapping, and I'm, I mean, I'm, because I'm, I'm working hard, and I'm, you know. So finally, I just had to say, yeah, well, you know what, I'm a born-again believer, and this is the truth, and this is what I believe. All the yapping stopped. There's, yeah, there's no more conversations to be had with her. She didn't want anything to do with me. She wouldn't, I mean. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be rude. I was just like, well, if you've got your opinion, I've got my truth. I'm not going to conform to the world. I could not just say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I will not conform to the world. I'm not going to. And if that upsets some people, you better decide right now who you're going to please. Because if you please people, the rest of your life, you're going to have to conform to what they think you should be and what you should do. But if you conform to the Lord, and remember we said in the very beginning, He does not change. You conform to Him, it's consistent. You don't have to be disco man, macho man, sensitive man. You just have to be godly man. Amen. You don't have to be twiggy. You don't have to be her. You don't have to be her. You just have to be godly woman. And that's consistent. And guess what? You don't even have to think about it. You just got to read about it and then go do it. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. Amen? Landing gears. We've hit the, we've hit the ground. Praise 